This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is time once again for the best and realest bow hunting podcast ever to be out of Sherrard, Illinois. We're at 1600 Buckslayer Place. We're in the Bucketorium 2.0. Bucketorium 2.0. My name is Steve in Kurt's house. Kurt, what's up? Oh, not a whole lot. Eric's here. Howdy. Doug the Pug's here. How's it going? <laughs> he answered to it. I don't like that, though. Uh, whatever. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't he, doesn't matter. A, he doesn't approve, but he <laughs> he's here. Yes. No. I'll tell you what, we've got a fantastic podcast for you. We want to just get right into it. You're going to love everything one of those we intros, say about this. One of those intros where we just make it quick so you can get to the content. The meat and taters, yeah. if you will. Short and sweet. This podcast is brought to you by Elite, Elite Archery. Yeah. I wanted to do it. The new enlist from Elite Archery. Killer Check bow. that out. It's in your price point. You can no longer say, I can't afford to shoot the best bow ever. Yes, you can. It's out. The Elite Enlist, check it out, EliteArchery.com. The tempo, the options, um, even the impulse, um, we, we've shot them all. They're all in our family. Doug's shooting an impulse 31. 31, yeah. Attaboy, and bud. the Kuyu. Yep. Everything I've saying has a question mark on the end. Doug the Pug? I think so. No. 
no, no, maybe. Go on the pug. Well, check out is, Elite Archery. This is starting to stink. Scent Crusher is what you want to check out if you want to crush up. stench. To clean it up, Scent Crusher, check out all the new products they have. We have the uh, the Scent Crusher, the whole room. Room clean. The room clean. It's working wonders in the studio. We got all the glue smell, the Doug the Pug it's smell, the Eric smell, the me smell. What doesn't stink? Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Ooh. You're going to love that meat. Yes, you sure are. And I'm not making a perverted joke. I'm talking about deer meat. Couple hollers, yeah, a couple hollers over in Viola, Illinois. Get yourself a meatloaf, some snossage. It's delicious. Yes, I know what I said, snossage. No, that's fine. That's I, I was keeping an eye on you. One eye is deer all you're going to need for the single pin. Oh, God. So, so got one eye Killing. on the single pin, HHA Sports. Dot com is what you need to check out. You're the best single pin on the market right there. American made. Made in Wisconsin. Supported. They're proud of it. Lifetime warranty. What else do you want? What do you live in North Korea? Well, you do. That's cool. <laughs> if, you know North, if you live in North Korea, I guarantee you're not listening to this podcast, but that's a whole nother story. If you are, gee, thank you. You may be yeah. our biggest fan. You're welcome. Come to freedom. Just you want to say hers. that. Speaking of freedom, if I might add, the vet shout out this week. Our good buddies, Heroes Hunting. Check out heroeshunting.com. They take a bunch of combat vets, and they'll take them on hunts. Check them out, heroeshunting.com. Go there, find them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They're out there. Carbon TV. Carbon TV, yes. Thank you for your service, guys. And that's all I got. I figured we just cut right to it. Sometimes the ads get a little long. The content is good. Thank you so much for the support. Workingclassbowhunter.com. Give us a rating on iTunes. Send us a screenshot of that rating. We'll send you out some of our new everything stickers that we got. We love you. We hope you enjoy this episode with Mr. Larry McCoy. All right, with us on the phone right now, we got the big dog. And I'm actually, I, I don't get stage fright anymore, but talking to this guy is really intimidating. He's just such of a such an awesome man. Mr. Larry McCoy. Larry, how you doing? Oh, doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Whew. Chills down my spine already, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, Larry. We don't know why you did, but uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Anytime. You have me on anytime. Well, first things first, we got to talk about this. Um, let's talk about Africa, the trip you just got back from. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was always one of those uh, one of those guys that, you know, Africa looked, looked cool, uh, but, you know, never thought that you know it was something that would i would do personally but uh but going over there it exceeded every expectation i had it was it was awesome we hunted with uh africa sport hunting safaris uh and it was it was just incredible we had for the respected game team and uh just being able to to uh you know learn more about the culture and obviously go over there and uh and get you know make some stuff hit the dirt was pretty awesome as well yeah man i know clark went with you and uh we're good buddies with clark and it's just like every day I'd see a picture of a different critter that you guys shot, and I'm like, I don't even know what that thing's called, but I like it. <laughs> but, I want, yeah, yeah. but I want to hey, shoot it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty funny because when we were there, we had animals uh, that we were seeing. I was like, I don't know what that is, but boy, it looks really cool. And uh, uh, so yeah, we uh, we nicknamed uh, Clark over there uh, Grizz. So uh, we had Team Grizz rocking over there, and it was uh, it was quite the deal. We had some com. We got some pretty comical stuff coming. Uh, some really good stuff. Uh, down the pike. You know that's that's got to boggle my mind. You know, you're sitting in. Um, you know, depends on how you set up, but like, you know, you're sitting in a 
a little blind there, and all of a sudden, you know, you see an animal come out, and you're like, man, I wonder where that thing's kill zone's at. I've never seen that animal before, but, <laughs> you know, you probably want to let an arrow rip. I mean, they've got a lot of critters over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's 29 different species o- over there. What was really nice is the the folks there at Africa Sporting Safaris, they, they gave us a good rundown on, on the vitals, the kill area, shot placement. Uh, they were very, very thorough, and it was a very seamless uh uh, trip because I was you know you'd always heard that oh the vitals are forward and and stuff on the African game which is true but uh, uh, to get confirmation from PH and people that uh, know it and live it uh, was definitely comforting. <laughs> so did Larry? Did you go over there with like these certain animals in mind? Like this is what I know I want to shoot, or did you kind of go over there with like an open mind? Like I want to talk to the people from there and and then kind of develop my uh, my bucket list, if you will. You know, I uh, I didn't really go over there. I, I kind of went over there with an open mind, being like, "Hey, uh, we'll, you know, there's so many species of animals over there. We went over there mainly for a plains game hunt, and and uh, which was it was just incredible. So I I kind of just uh, did what they told me to do, and and really to help the whole management practice too of their operation. There are some animals there that that they needed taken out of the herd because over there this time of year it's winter time and they do not have much to eat it's it is barely i mean the grass there is literally like chewing on paper here so uh so it's not going to do anything for the animals so it's uh you know the conservation and you know the the health of the herd is very very important so you know they when they said hey we've got some management animals too that we'd like to uh you know we'd like to take out the herd if we're interested and i said absolutely we sure are so so that was really a focal point and uh of the trip and we ended up killing some trophy animals as well but you know it it, it was all good and uh the highlight of the trip was you know we got you know we we got to eat uh too some of what we shot so we ate kudu clark shot a, got a really nice kudu over there we we ate some of that i shot an eland uh warthog uh, we ate some of that, which is great, and then we also was able to donate the rest of the meat to the Bob Mola School uh, Orphanage over there, So, uh, which was a pretty humbling experience, to say the least. Very awesome. Oh, yeah, that's weird that uh, trophy hunters are the worst human beings on the planet, yet an orphanage school that you donated the meat to so they had meals to eat. Ah, oh, hor- horrible person you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, then I know that. And we learned so much because the the government over there they do not uh, you know those those kids they don't have meat to eat unless we do, unless the hunters actually donate it and get it to them uh, over there. Other than that, they're eating maize and and stuff. And and the Africa Sport Hunting Safaris the they do a, a great job of supporting uh, that organization over there. They did some GoFundMe stuff and got them a garden planted and and them kids over there you know that's their pride and joy. They can't wait to go out and. Uh, plant seeds, pick fruit, pick vegetables, and then dry seeds out and start all over again. So uh, it, was, it was really, really interesting, and I was really humbled by that experience for sure. But still, Cecil the lion, one lion, it doesn't seem worth it at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally joking, by the way. Like that is, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I hope you don't think I'm serious, but yeah, that's that's awesome. You know, you, you get to go out, you, you have a have a trip of a lifetime. You know, there's a you get to eat some food, you know, experience new culture, and kids now get a new chance at life. Everybody's happy. I mean, you know, what was the feeling after that probably first day that you you actually got to hunt your very first hunt? What was that? What was going through your mind right after that? I want to pick your brain a little bit. You know, honestly, I was thinking, uh, 
wow, you know, we're, I'm in Africa. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, you know, I just, I just saw zebras and a giraffe. You know, we were trying to spot and stalk, you know, some uh, a red hearted beast, and we just saw a uh, a zebra. You know, walked up on some zebras that, which by the way, are cagey as heck. They, uh, yeah, they they got out of dodge. I don't know. I think it was probably our PHE stunk. I don't know, but but uh, <laughs> but I'm not sure. But anyway, they weren't having any part of it. And uh, when 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 five zebras take off, pretty much everything around that area is going to know there's something up <laughs> the gig is up so right. hey they, the zebras literally stuck around as long as zebra striped gum flavoring <laughs> sticks around right <laughs> yeah. five seconds that's it damn yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> steve with the 90s reference you yeah, like that i like that no, i do I, I was yeah i was gonna say he's he's hammering it <laughs> <laughs> he's on point well you know i never really had I don't know. I guess I never. We talked to to Philip, and he said he never really had an interest in shooting uh, African animals. And then, he, but he'd love to go on the trip and and film or whatever. But more, the more I think about it and watch it and see like you guys over there, the more my interest builds. But I was in taxidermy school when they were doing a shoulder mount on a zebra, like a pedestal mount, a floor <laughs> pedestal mount on a zebra, and that had been the most beautiful mount I've ever seen in my life, and that totally changed my outlook on zebras and i just from hearing stories about how like you said they're just super skittish and that just makes it that, that would probably be one of my number ones um and that might seem kind of weird uh to people that don't hunt but i don't know they're just a beautiful animal no and that's the thing yeah and that, that's great you know what every every species over there needs to have some sort of kind of needs to be hunted they they, they just it needs to happen uh, to, to for the health of the herd and and everything a lot of the people that don't hunt uh, they, they they can have their own you know their own views and own thoughts that's fine but I can you know I could tell you talk to the people over there and they're gonna think differently they they praise uh, us coming over there and I was like Philip uh, you know I was I was one of those guys that was like I don't know if I really you know it's not really a high priority of mine to go over there and and uh, you know whack some African animals but this experience did change me. It, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, just uh, the element of the hunt, the just the experiences itself. The people at African Sport Her uh, uh, Sport Hunting Safaris, they, you know, they were just awesome. The cooks, all the way to the just the whole crew, the skinners, the trackers were amazing. Uh, so yeah, it was a uh, it was really really a great experience. So what? Go ahead, Eric. So my question is, like, was most of this spot and stalk, or were you in a blind, or what was the scenario there? You you have both opportunities. Some of the some of the property there, it's uh, spot and stalk. It's just it's just tough because you can't see. Uh, sure. So we would sit in. Uh, they call them hides over there, which is pretty much a blind that's kind of offset down in the ground, or they have them elevated, and uh, usually over water. Uh, they've got they've got water holes that they come because I mean it's uh, there's not a lot of water everywhere. They said the last raindrop they received was the first of April uh, when wow. we were over. That's insane. So, yeah, <laughs> so the the animals have to drink and and sometimes you'll go. There's some sits where we've seen uh, you know a plethora of animals, you know different species, and some it was a little bit slower. So it, it's not like you just go over there and say okay, I'm going to shoot some animals and shoot them up. It's a hunt. I mean, so it's a really really cool experience. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh... I'd like to like I, I remember when I was a kid I always watched uh watched the movie The Ghost of Savo or uh, the the Ghost in the Darkness which was the big lions that yeah uh, ate everybody and they did a movie with Val Kilmer so it's like you know every time you see a lion you're like I'm your huckleberry yeah that's but, right. <laughs> but like I always 
I always wanted to uh, hunt an animal that could like really hunt. Oh, this is going over over everyone's head. Let me explain. There was a movie. He was in two movies: Tombstone and The Ghost in the Darkness. I combined them two, but. I really want to hunt like a lion or a really dangerous predator. I always thought that that thrill would be incredible. I mean, is that something that you're more interested in after going to Africa or just kind of it's it's still kind of up in there for you? I think that, yeah, it's still, you know, if, if that opportunity were to come up, uh, not that I would probably, you know, turn it down. I don't think that it's something that I'm you know, actually going to go specifically over there to do. But if it was a situation where, yeah, it, you know, they needed something done over there, then, yeah, I would definitely raise my hand and said, I'll volunteer and, t- and get it done or do my best uh, job to try to get it done. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just a great experience. I mean, I, I think a sable is a, is an interesting animal over there after seeing them. There's some uh, Aniala. Uh, there's uh, there's just so many critters over there. It's It's, it's crazy. So. And for for an old redneck like me, uh, that's, that's pretty, I'll tell you that's pretty dangerous. I sh- I go up there with one. They're like there's something out back. I I show up with my pant leg up, one boot's rolled down, the other one's all the way on. I'm like, where's he at? You know, like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, so there's rednecks everywhere, and then you take one of us to Africa and look out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Wait to oh wait till you talk to old Grizz, old, old Clark. Uh, yeah. Grizz. <laughs> And you get to see his kudu dance. Uh, we made him do a kudu dance and filmed it around the fire uh, that night. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got to so, see this. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was, I, had, I had to assist him, so I had to, I had to throw a lot of whitetail references in there. But uh, but boy, he got it done. He was he was he, he was shaking a leg by the time we got through. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait to get Clark in here in the studio or Grizz in the studio. Oh, Grizz and, with and, the stanky leg. Yeah, <laughs> the stanky leg. <laughs> oh yeah. So let's Larry, let's talk about this uh this bow that you might have been shooting in Africa. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh Elite uh we just launched that enlist bow uh uh this last week. I, I was fortunate enough to have it in uh Africa that uh uh the bow performed flawless. You know, I, when I first got the bow I was really surprised at uh you know where it's at. Uh there's no quarters cut uh, in producing that, even though it does come in at a lower price point. It's machined aluminum riser it's uh, i mean it's it's a quality rig and, and the bow shoots phenomenal matter of fact uh when we were over there the uh one of the phs was shooting uh when we were we just got there wanted to shoot the bow three or four times and he's like and now he's messaging he he wants that he wants a bow in a bad way uh he's like man i can't get that bow out of my head so uh but no the bow f- performed flawlessly it comes in a axle axle uh 33 and some change uh and 60 and 70 pounds right now it's offered in all black or mossy oak mm-hmm. uh so uh so yeah it, you know smooth smooth rig and uh we just wanted to we're just happy that we could you know the, you know elite archery you know people know elite from the shootability side of things being comfortable when you shoot that dwell zone this boat has all those features so being able to expand that and to where more people can go in and experience that to where we can make one that's uh, more affordable for for some people uh, was very important. I'm super glad we did. Yeah, I was super happy to see that. And uh, you know, we we talked a little bit about this bow, but you know, a lot of the times, everyone's thought process is like, I want a new bow, and no matter what brand they want to shoot or want to buy or whatever it may be, I just don't want to spend 
1200 bucks on one. Well, it's like, right. well, you don't have to. Yeah, now. well, guess what? <laughs> you know, you don't have to. You can get a brand new, awesome shooting bow that's machined aluminum, not just cast or whatever, you know, what other bows are in that price range. You know, that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that was very important. I'm super, like I said, I couldn't be happier with the bow because it truly is a best in class bow. Uh, that uh, you know, I I wouldn't hesitate going, and that's one reason why I wanted to take it. I wanted to take it to Africa because I, when I shot the bow, I was like, man, I would hunt all day long with this, seven days a week with this bow, and uh, you know, it performed great, and and I couldn't be happier with it. Oh, six days a week, twice on Sunday. I, 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 see you. <laughs> I am. You nailed it. There you go. <laughs> the the first thing I noticed about you know, um, because. What it, what I, what I think that Elite's been doing really well as recently is the the social media engagement, getting people excited. There's a couple different pictures, and one of the pictures they showed was the grip. Mm-hmm. And I I was such a fan of, you know, I think it was around the uh, you know that standard Elite grip that you had, and you know my Impulse had it, and I loved loved that grip, and then. <clears throat> My option six has a different grip, which I've gotten to really, after shooting the bow a lot, I really, really enjoy. You know, I, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna transition away from how great that grip was, but I transitioned well to the option six. I'm curious of how uh, to know how this grip is in relation to both of the uh, aforementioned grips. And with the enlist, the enlist grip is. Very similar to the grip you're referring to with the wood side panels mm. uh, of the impulse and and bows prior to that. Uh, very very similar. It's just not wood. It's it's uh, it's just got got some different material in there to fill up those uh, uh, those bugs. But so it's going to be a similar feel to that uh, with a little bit of twist of that option grip as well because the option grip and and uh, the grips on the Revel. You know some of our our you know. Our pro archers uh, and and there's a lot of input going into that grip. Grip is very important. You know, it has mm-hmm. to fit right place and, and get. And that option grip is actually it's designed to to sit in your hand uh, in the correct position. So it may take a little bit of getting used to, based from shooting other grips and stuff. Uh, but once you get it, it's the bow just sits there and, and uh, it'll it it just sits there and and time and time again. As soon as you pick it up, it'll fall right into place. Absolutely. Definitely. I, I always give Steve crap about, you know, because Steve's super particular on his grips, on his mm-hmm. bows. And, you know, I give him crap about it, but that is the part that connects you to the bow. And that's, you know, that's the main feel of the bow initially is that grip and how you shoot and how it basically how it feeds, falls into place, you know. Yeah, how it feeds off and it affects your form and all that. So it is important and it's... uh that's one thing I've been a fan of is all the elite grips and you know, it's good stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I always have the urge to give you crap about it, Steve, but I'm like, hey, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why everybody gives me crap. And like, I don't ever do anything to get you guys all riled up. I don't understand that. You're just, you wait, Steve, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw a bunch of grips at you whenever we get to, uh, yeah. whenever in a Iowa deer classic or something, I'm just going to throw a big old bag of rubber grips at so you pick <laughs> So you pick the one that you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I will tell you this. Um, you know, I, I was I was shooting my shoot my bow about like probably two three days ago, and I had um, I, I was trying out a couple different releases, and you know it's that it's really nice when you get a nice grip on a bow, 
you know, my impulse was uh, my impulse 34 was it, it felt good. And once you get comfortable feeling that good, you know, when you can switch out releases, at least, you know, everything else is working. So then you can really figure out which release is working with you as long as you know that your grip is consistent. And I got that with my option six and I was really happy that, yeah, you know, obviously you've got arrows in different groups because of different releases, but it, it was that nice thing in knowing that's like, okay, I'm not just getting this release because it's new and shiny. I'm holding everything the same, and this is what I'm getting out of it. So, I mean, I think, you know, just touching on the importance of that. So I'm just really trying to bury Kurt is what I'm saying. That grip is super important. I'm just saying, I, I, I wasted four minutes just to bury Kurt. I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> yeah, it was three and a half, but don't worry. Oh, okay. He's got a timer. <laughs> He's like, Larry, get to Kurt texted before. Larry, get a timer. Every time Steve starts talking, just time it. See what he's doing. We'll bill you the hours or something. Hit the start button, yeah, for sure. No, man, but you're right. That grip is important. Uh, it is. It's very important because here's, you know, bottom line is uh, to execute good shot. Shoot, good shot execution uh, is, is all the way from the grip, from the draw cycle to you aiming, you know, anchoring all the way the whole process. And uh, you have to be comfortable doing so. Mm-hmm. Now, not the thing is people can praise about form and talk about form. You know, your form's off. This is. But you know what? I, I care about hitting behind my pin. That's what I care about. And if, I, uh, if I'm if i hitting where I'm aiming, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can not to uh, change a thing because uh, ultimately that's what matters right. is where that ends. Absolutely. Definitely. And one thing that I kind of want to transition to going from the um, the new enlist is Elite has been a, a major hard hitter in the industry for a number of years now, and it's on everyone's radar, and it's one of those bows that guys – they look forward to that new release of whatever they're going to come out with that year um, at ATA or uh, whenever the new thing is coming out. You know, the the, the junkies like to see whatever new company that comes out with whatever bow. Um, and Elite came out with the split limb and the options and absolutely love those bows. Great shooting bows is what's going to be. I mean, I know you can't give anything away yet, but like what's the next goal on Elite's hit list i guess if you want to say and, and kind of where where's elite gonna go without the, spilling too much we, we should tell him this podcast is going to be released after the release dates of the bows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't tell him that that's a lie <laughs> what can well, you tell us we understand what you can't say but just to kind of give some listeners uh just excite people a bit i guess I could tell you that, you know, Elite is, uh, we strive on building quality stuff. We don't want to just build something, uh, something that we've, we will feed off some old technology that we've had that's worked, mm-hmm. uh, to make it better. But really, efficiency, how that bow is, is how much is it's, it's efficient, is very, very important to how it performs. And our team up there is very, I mean, they are, they're very focused i would uh they're they're just incredible i think they they accept feedback from uh from other people from our pro archers from our you know hunters from it's it's just incredible the the, you know you would think that lead engineers and 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 stuff as they're developing some of this stuff they've got something set in their mind which which they do but what's so cool about it is they listen to what people want, what people are feeling, wanting to feel and, and wanting to, you know, how we can better the models that we have uh, and and put it out there. 
in in a in a way that it's going to be receptive by the public. You know, there's a lot of people you know that say, uh, uh, you know, these bows or or whether it don't matter, the target bows are more expensive or or this. You know, now that we've got the enlist, we, we've got a we've got a bow for everyone, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we just made it easier for somebody to go to their dealer, take the shootability challenge, and see what Elite has to offer the people that have it. You know, so. Where we're going from here, we're going for we're going to strive for some a really high efficiency. We're going to drive uh, to keep that elite feel, uh, with you know, and not compromise anything else al- along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what ultimately what most important. You know, there's people that have come. Every bow manufacturer makes they make great bows. There's no doubt about it. They, they do. There's you know, Indians kill deer with a stick and a string. I mean. I'm not going to sit here and, and hard sell people say, hey, buy Elite, because, hey, every archery is a great sport, and we want to get as many people involved in it as possible, and uh, every bow manufacturer makes a great bow. But there's differences in between each and in between each manufacturer and the way the bow feels. And, man, just go shoot what's comfortable to you. And we're fortunate enough to really focus on that. You know, from the early days, we preached shooting comfortable. And then uh, the shootability challenge came up, and, and it's worked real well for us, and, and and it's expanded. You know, people are saying, man, you know what? I don't have to pull back 70 pounds. I can pull back 60 pounds, and I f- I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Instead of shooting in New York for five minutes, I'll shoot for a half hour. Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> that's really our goal. Yeah, and so what Larry's saying is if uh, Elite was around back in the day uh, when the Indians were around, white-tailed deer wouldn't exist because it would have been – Flawless. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't I, say that. I can. I can say allegedly. But hey, I I, I want to transit. You know, I want to transition because you know we're, we're talking about the new bows. But like, if you really want to see them in action, uh, respect the game, dude. Mm-hmm. We shine this show up like you wouldn't believe. We're friends with Ross Bigger and Clark. His new nickname Cummings. Are, are we going to call him that? Grizz? Grizz? Are we going to call him Grizz? Grizz? I don't, I don't want to call him Grizz. You have to call him Grizz. You have right. to call okay. him Grizz. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. we'll call him that. But, like, uh, all right. so what I've noticed with respect to gaming and, you know, exclusively last season, there's this character that keeps showing up, and he's wearing vests all the time. His name's Larry McCoy. Mm, wearing, and... ve- <laughs> wearing vests all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I'll tell you what. You have been um, – on that show a little bit more, and it's starting to take a different turn. And um, for, for the better, for the better. Before you think, I'm he's just like, gonna, "What kind of turn?" He's son? like, I, <laughs> "I hear him like what?" But then there's starting to be on the YouTube channel, you know, the um, the uncut series. This show is really starting to go in a really positive direction, and I just want to know, you know, what's what's respect the game looking like this year what are we going to be able to expect in the future and uh who what's that just let us know what can we expect hunts hunts yeah that too hunts we got some uh, you know we've got some some hunts booked uh you know i'll be in montana i'm actually going to do a hunt with uh, old uh old philip out there and and then we've got you know hunts matt ortman and some other people we've got some uh uh, they're they're going to be out west as well doing an elk hunt, and then we've got uh, you know all the whitetail stuff. We got some antelope stuff uh, kicking, but the main thing, the whole it's a team effort, man. With with that producing a show, getting that, and we we've got such an incredible team, uh, talent, great hunters, great knowledgeable guys, great archers in general, 
and uh, man, I wouldn't have that. That's really what's I think set it apart. We've we've got together to where we can gel and work together as 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 a great team. Uh, and you know, when when Clark's somewhere, or Ross is somewhere, or or so it does it doesn't matter. Whoever's part of the team, you know, they're they're there to get it done and produce good stuff and the uncut series you know we wanted to put something out there because our show we don't have we don't shoot a lot of spines or we're not i'm not going to tell you what you're about ready to watch uh so so we're not going to have we want we want it to be all into field stuff and uh so that's really how our, our show is formatted uh some people may like it some people may not but uh you know ultimately we, we want to show us in the field as much as possible the mm-hmm. uncut series has more of the what goes on in camp uh you may have a kill or two here and there uh in some episodes you may not but you you may you're probably gonna laugh your stomach's gonna hurt probably but uh <laughs> but, yeah. you know it yeah it's honestly maybe like especially with the uncut series like the thing i take away from like man i i would love to share camp with larry i i know you'd probably hate it but i would love to be a i'm, I'm not gonna be a fly on the wall and be the loudest most obnoxious person in the room but <laughs> It just it gives that nice dynamic that I thought um, you know a lot of shows Bone Collector when they show the the hunting camp I, I I think the kill is pretty important but it's the people you hang out with like like you said it's just it, it's nice to see the guys that we see on TV see them when the camera isn't and I do the parentheses rolling you know what I mean yeah exactly when it's not the know, final cut yeah yeah well we and that's the thing and. and uh, as we become comfortable with one of our teammates and going to doing some of this, uh, we just learn to kind of come into our own. You know, we are who we are. Let's not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to be somebody I'm not. And, uh, so yeah, I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to get, I may, I may give some, somebody a little bit of a hard time or whatever. And I expect them to get right back to me. Uh, so, uh, right. so yeah, that's really what it's about, man. Having a good time in camp, cutting it up and, and, uh, you know, we're only on this earth one time, so let's enjoy it. Absolutely. And that's definitely something, talking to everyone from the elite archery family in general, whether it's from any guys from Respect the Game or the Virtue or whoever it may be, the McDaniels, they just they all have the same kind of goal, and that's just to have a, a, a damn good time and hunting camp with, with people and build relationships and uh, camaraderie in general. And that's a, a super refreshing thing to hear, especially in, like, a podcast because – you know, if someone can talk about it for an hour in a genuine way, you know, you know it's sincere. Um, anyone can kind of just kind of maybe BS it through a show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that you know, I we have all you guys on separate shows, and you guys all kind of have the same message, and that says a lot, especially uh, us, to, especially because we're talking to you one on one, but uh, as well as our listeners that listen to each episode separately, and maybe they don't follow the shows that you guys are on hardcore or it's their casual viewers, but they all get to hear it through the podcast that you guys kind of have the, all, all the same mindset about it, which, which is super awesome. Yeah. You know, that, that's a big, that's a big, uh, a big advantage that we have by, because we don't have a, everybody has plenty of different personalities, but they're just not, uh, but we're all, we all still gel as one, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's, it's, we all come together as one and, uh, and and push forward because if we, you know if somebody's having a tough season you know because it happens hey we're we're hunters you know it's bow hunting you know you're not going to go out and shoot an animal every time you set you know nor would I want it that way I want to go out there and find my and 
find an animal and, and successfully go try to harvest them. You know, not saying you have to go out and shoot a 200-inch deer. You know what? I'd rather shoot, you know, 10 150s versus one 200. That's you right. Know? Yep. It's yeah. a hell of a season. <laughs> well, look at if, hey, if you don't have a 150-inch deer on your property, you're not going to kill one. Yep. So, exactly. you know, I, I, I search for, you know, literally the most mature deer on, on our property, and that's one of our target animals. That's just the way it is. That's all you can I, do. I, yeah, because I love doing it. I'm not going to live a fantasy world and say, I'm going to go shoot a 200-inch deer you know, every year, you know, or even a booner every year or a 160. It's just not feasible. You know, it's not going to happen. Yep. Like you said, you hit nail on the head there. If it doesn't live there, you can't kill it. Right. So That's right. you're basically going to go out there with this dream that uh, can't be fulfilled because it's not there. Yeah, exactly, and and that's what we try to put back that back into uh, the reality through our shows too. You know, we're going to shoot quality animals, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not. You know, that doesn't mean a quality animal to us doesn't mean that it's going to be a 180 inch deer every every deer you know we we love hunting we love the sport of archery we love uh, going out there and, and having a good time cutting up with buddies and and doing it. that's what it's all about to us absolutely and, right so. it's, it's just lucky for the cameras that they happen to be there to capture the moment right <laughs> yeah a lot of cases <laughs> well, the, the thing cool that, episodes coming. well the thing like you said larry is like, it goes back to you know a big mature deer and a trophy could be a five and a half or a four and a half year old whitetail. That's a six pointer that scores one twenty. You know, that's a mature animal and that's a trophy. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't, yeah. you know, that same animal, like the same age and maturity can be somewhere else on another property and score 200 inches. Either way, it's the same. It's, that's just what that deer has on its head. It's really doesn't come. It doesn't get broken down. No, any no, further no, than that. no. See, like, and like rack size and like dating a woman, woman are the same thing. You just don't ask numbers. You don't ask the age. You don't ask a lady how old she is. You just don't ask how big a deer is. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as you're having a good time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve. Oh yeah, no. Kurt's a Kurt's a pumping young measure, and he's like, okay, buddy. A little dating advice there. Thanks, Steve, for showing up to the podcast this week. We appreciate the heck out of you. Hey, <laughs> each and every week. Unfortunately for you, back to Larry. <laughs> I apologize. No, it's, uh, you know, I'm super. I'm super. Uh, you know, uh, excited about the way things are going. Uh, the show's going well. The Uncut series is going well. From the comp, the outdoor group, you know all the products. Camex crossbows is uh, it's it's a phenomenal piece of equipment that uh, I'm sure the people, have, you know, some of your listeners have probably seen some of the uh, torture challenge stuff that we've done with Paul Vicunas, Vicunas out on the road and stuff, and that stuff's <laughs> legit. There's no cut, and there's no. I mean, we, yeah, we blew that. We blew the crossbow up with Tannerite, and then turned around and shot it. <laughs> that blows my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it is. It is truly the crossbow that's built like no other. So, uh, uh, but yeah, and, and you know everything from from the sites. We're, we're I'm just happy to be a part of it, and 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 I feel I feel great to to have you know colleagues and and partners and stuff and such that that they uh, you know to want to support us and cool you know partners with the show. Uh, all the way down to you know just freaking friends from the factory you know it's just awesome uh just to have a, a, a sealed unit that can push forward right right well i mean the outdoor group is involved in about every aspect of archery and stuff so it's cool that like i don't know if you're aware of this i don't know if you talked to philip we recorded one with philip just now he might have tore his uh his shoulder his out. rotator cuff yeah 
And so mm. he, he's like, man, I'm gonna have to rely on this Cam X. Like that's which he's completely fine with. It sounds like, but hey, I thought I was out. like. I thought he was old enough to just shoot it anyway, but you no, know. you can't hold on. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. oh, hey, you, you like that turn? Because he's like, he's like, don't let Larry badmouth me, and I was like, all right, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll protect you. But now I'm on your side, Larry. Oh, here we <laughs> We're go. We're turning on Philip. Here we go. Oh, I'm sure he is. When me and, when me and Philip get camp together, there's it's something special. Clint, Clint, you know, he was producing. We we shared some camps together and. And a cold in there, and they get to laughing because I'll Philip will start talking, and I'll get up there, and I'll start mimicking him, and start swinging my hand back. And forth, you know? oh, yeah. like, I don't know why my hands are doing this, but, I'm, oh, <laughs> but they that, are. That, that, <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's deer camp, no. though. That's all about the camaraderie and getting along oh, with each other. Oh, that's funny, man. I love that. You got to make fun of each other. That's oh, the yeah. best part sometimes. Yeah, here's the thing. Philip, Philip and I, we go way back a long time. When I was when I first came in the industry with uh, with Heartland Bowhunter, I, uh, you know what, we started at, uh, we, we built tree arms and stuff, and Philip was one of the first guys at our first ATA. Uh, you know, we come carrying, I come carrying all this stuff in, and he comes up, he's like, boy, you got yourself a tree on there? He was <laughs> like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And ever since that conversation, we've just kind of hit it off. So I've, I've known Philip ever since the beginning, and uh, he, he's a great, great friend, and we're, we're super happy that he's a partner of ours. And, and I get pumped up every every deer camp we get to share together. So. Okay, I got to tell this story. So when we are at the Iowa Deer Classic, you know, we did the podcast, and he – at the end of the day, gave me the the nickname the the round boy with the square deals. <laughs> <laughs> so he he got done with the podcast. You know, he went out and uh, he was he was over at the the outdoor group booth, and you know we did our thing, and then we're like, all right, you know, hey, we've got a little bit of time to kill. You know, we can finally walk around and go see everybody. And we're walking over there, and he is standing there talking to you and Clint. And uh, and I can't remember who else was there, but I just see him and he sees me because we're the same height, so we made eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just see him mouth the words "round man with the square deals." <laughs> and I thought I, I thought I'd live that down, like after that first interaction happened. No, 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 no. So that that stuck <laughs> with me. But dude, that was just <laughs> that was one of those moments. I was like. All right, man. We just podcasted with Philip Vanderpool. You know, we're going to talk to Larry McCoy. Dude, we're top, we're top of the game. And then, yeah, no, here I am, round boy of the square deals. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome, though. If you think about it, it's that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that is that is uh, Phillips. He is he's one of a kind. And uh, I'll tell you what, boy. There's not there's not a, a guy in this industry that works any harder than Philip does. I can tell you that. I love that guy to death. Genuine good old boy. Um. Larry, of all the stuff you've done, you did the uh, Argentina Red Stag. We podcasted about that last time, right? Argentina? Am I drawing? Am I? No, it was Argentina. Yeah, it was Argentina. Right? And there was that. Uh, uh, what's the what's the deer's name? Um, Pierce David. That Pierce. yeah, Pierce David deer. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I forgot about that. And then uh, you know, you just went to Africa. Those are some dream hunts um, for a lot of people. Now that you've done those, what is kind of the bucket list hunt where you're like? I have to get after this and, and and get this done. Other than doing the working class bow hunter podcast, yeah, you betcha. Heck yeah, <laughs> uh, I think you know. I think I, I would like to. I would like to someday uh, do a moose hunt. Um, mm-hmm. 
You know, but pretty much, you know, I just enjoy doing it. I mean, I love whether it's elk, deer, turkey, uh, you know, whatever, whatever opportunities comes up. I mean, it's going to be hard not to not to get me to do it. <laughs> so, uh, right. <laughs> you know, I've just, but it's good. And too, you know, you're going to see a lot of the the, uh, the respect the game guys. They're going to be doing a lot of some of this stuff as well. You know, with you know, we've it's uh, as the show grows. You know, we've uh, it's a lot of opportunities and stuff have come up. We've got the partners up in uh, Canada with Jason Peterson from Into the Wild and Dean Partridge uh, with Canadian uh, Canadian Whitetail Television. Love those uh, shows, man. Love those shows. Yeah, they're great. Uh, uh, great individuals they're great buddies of ours as well uh partners with our show i'm actually going to do a hunt up in saskatchewan with uh, dean and jason this year uh in no- november and and you know they've been they've been a very very uh uh great partner for us and, and we've just grown to be really good friends and they they do a great job producing stuff as well and they're just man they're stone cold killers yeah <laughs> no, i i, I want to talk about um it showed uh, recently the bear hunt you guys did in saskatchewan yeah uh so you know whenever you watch uh, a, a lot of these other hunting shows you know the when they're hunting bear you know they're in a in a really tall stand looking at a barrel i mean when you guys were hunting you guys had like these makeshift ground blinds and you could see the bugs everywhere i mean you guys made note of it when you land on the plane and you can see even when the bears are out there, just the amount of bugs. But, you know, the thing that first crossed my mind, it was like, okay, you guys are on the ground hunting these bears and these bugs are everywhere. You know, how do you not swat them and spook the bear? I just, it, it, it seemed like a really interesting hunt to me. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was very, very different due to uh, prior bear hunts that I've done. Uh, but, man, after doing that, I wouldn't have it any hour. Jason Peterson has... He's he's such a great uh, you know just woodsman in himself. It's just the, his, his the way his mind thinks, the way he, I mean, he the blind is setting where it is, or where we build that blind for a reason. I may not quite know what it is, but Jason does. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but as far as the bugs and stuff goes, you know, it's because uh, those a lot of those bears up there they've never seen humans. You know, we were only thirty miles, I think, from tree line. Then we're going to you know, we're in the tundra, so it's mm-hmm. a. Uh, it's quite an experience for sure. The uh, uh, we had you know a lot of lot of uh, curious bears that we had to you know kind of swat away and stuff. Uh, that was very interesting. But uh, it's it's definitely a different action packed hunt for sure. Uh, the bugs and the lethal the lethal bug and tick spray. I would advise anybody if you're going up there and you even if you have a head net or whatever take some of that stuff up with you just throw in your suitcase by the little little uh bottle of that stuff and it is it is a lifesaver it it looked like i mean you know you go and you know you, you pan Canada's into not good for bugs man yeah you pan into these bears and they've got just like you know it's like the the was it linus from charlie brown that dude that stunk really bad <laughs> i mean <laughs> it looked like that dude he just had these these bugs following him like i, I I've never really seen anything like that before. It just—it's nuts to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was funny because Paul Biggs, our producer. Oh, Paul Biggs. He's like, uh, he's—he's—he calls me up and he's like, 
dude, I cannot take it anymore. I was like, <laughs> he goes, I'm sitting here trying to edit this episode. He said, all I can hear is. <laughs> How do you make that noise? Dude, you didn't know Larry McCoy's a, a world champion June bug caller, 1996. <laughs> I, dude, it, uh, I'll tell you, the uh, Larry didn't want anybody to tell us this, and we edited his uh wikipedia page just now but he is the world can- world champion june bug caller of 1996 and 98 he only lost in 97 because the kid named june bug was so cute and an orphan he won pity win <laughs> but 96 in 98 i was a runner-up in 99 this is true <laughs> he fell off it's okay though yeah i got I, I, I dropped a note <laughs> yeah. I'm, I apologize for our podcast, Larry. Uh, I don't know. You never know where we're going to take yeah, it. Yeah, I hope you didn't think this would be like professional or anything. <laughs> he knows better. <laughs> yeah, he follows us on Instagram. He knows the business. Yeah, yeah. So, talking about that, like, what's one man goal? Something that you're keeping in the back of your head that you want to get done this season? You know, we're always constantly trying to build, uh, you know, make make our show better for our production level and stuff. Uh, and, you know, the guys are really getting dialed in, as, us as a team. Uh, and I think from from just getting stuff done, I want to make sure, try to, to really solidify every single episode, you know, from start to finish uh, without any issues whatsoever, you know. And I, I'm confident that our team – uh, we'll do that now. You know, it's just, you know, some of the footage we're getting out, uh, you know, we're putting out, it's incredible. Like you even mentioned a lot of the, uh, social media content from Elite and the Outdoor Group. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff comes from Respect the Game, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, we, we have, we have turned up the heat a little bit on, on social media because we can. Yeah. And that's, that's who we are. And why not, why not share it? You know, it's, it's, you, we, we make videos about slick trick broadheads. We make videos about Scott releases. We make video. That's what we do. You mm-hmm. know, that that's who respect the game is because we're passionate about it. That's awesome, man. And it's, it makes it so entertaining for the the viewers of the show and fans of the show and, and us. I, I love seeing it, man. And I was fortunate enough that you guys actually shared on the elite page. My, I made the switch video that we did um, of me shooting my, my tempo <laughs> in the backyard. So I was like, Man, I'm part of the team. Look at me. And you guys, yeah, and y'all are part of the team. You know, and we, we want you know anybody that goes out, uh, goes out and wants to shoot a bow. You know, we want them to feel like just like I, I'd love to, dude. I love it so much. I, I share camp with anybody. I want people to want come come up and want to share camp with us. Uh, you know, and just like this Africa thing, you know, we with Africa Sport Hunting Safaris, we will have a uh, another auction uh, this year. Uh, that uh, for dates of the hunt, I think will be August 8th next year of 2018. But we're, we will be doing an auction uh, to come for someone to, uh, you know, to bid and a winning bidder with, will come over and hunt with us uh, over there next year. So hopefully awesome. it's Philip Vanderpool. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can run a camera. I can tell you that. Yeah, boy. Hey, you paid all this money, get your ass to work. <laughs> oh, I, I know too well, but that's no. It'd be good. It, it it'll be a fun trip, and uh, uh, for sure. So, awesome, awesome. Well, Larry, in closing, I mean, where can people can find you on social media? And uh, if there's something we didn't bring up, uh, bring it on up. Yep, that's right. Yeah, man. Hey. Uh, um, Larry McCoy 15 is my Instagram. 
uh, go ahead, give me a follow over there. And then, uh, of course, the Respect the Game Facebook page. And then we have a Respect the Game Instagram as well. And you can uh, go to uh, Elite Archery and you'll see all the outdoor group brands and stuff there. You can go. I'll list them off real quick for you. We have Elite Archery, Scott Archery, CVE Sites, Custom Bow Equipment, uh, Solid Broadheads, Slick Trick Broadheads, Lynch Mob Game Calls, Dual Game Calls, and Winner's Choice Bow Strings. Awesome. That's a collective of good companies right there. Well, and you better make sure when uh, you go to Larry's Instagram, it better say World Champion Junebug Caller 96 and 98. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that may be the best made up, I mean, I mean, real thing that we've ever talked uh, about. Yeah, on this it's, podcast. it's totally real, man. We, we were there to witness it. At yeah. eight and nine years old. Yeah, I was seven and, and seven and nine. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I was seven and nine. It was the greatest thing that ESPN you ever filmed. I don't know why they filmed it at Harvard University. Probably because you're so brilliant, but I don't know. I I, I don't know logistics. I'm not a TV guy. <laughs> oh, I, I I can't even tell you. I can't remember the place. I think that school shut down where it was filmed. Uh, <laughs> it's uh. Man, why do we do this podcast, Larry? I don't understand. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Larry, stick around on the phone. Thank you so much for coming back. I, you might not come back for a third time. I don't know what you're thinking. Or I don't know what's going through your head, Larry. But, no, it's it's been a good episode. Um, I'm glad you, you and Clark had success in Africa. That was awesome to see, man. Super happy for you guys and uh, glad we got to discuss the experience. Um, I'm hoping we can check back in the season and uh, keep them going. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, and for sure, I'll be back. Uh, we got a lot. We'll have a lot more stuff to talk about. Awesome, awesome. Steve, Eric, Doug, you got anything to add in the back there? Sorry, I ruined the episode. What tasted the best? Oh, here you go. In Africa, <laughs> that's a good one. What tasted the best? What tasted the best? Oh, you know, everything was really good. And that's one thing I didn't really probably focus enough on. Real quick is, man, our team was so excited. This is what, and it really it just put a smile on my face whenever. Uh, it wasn't about going over there and and shooting all these animals, but you know, me and me and Grizz were looked at you. He's like, man, I wonder what that warthog tastes like. And uh, we're just sitting there, we're like, man, I don't know, you know. And then they come back, and everybody, the whole team's kind of talking amongst ourselves, like, man, I hope, hopefully we get to eat some of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really really cool because, man, that's grassroots. That's that's how we were brought up. That's uh, that's just that's that's how it should be. Yeah. And, uh, and it was really cool, but uh, to answer your question, what was the uh, what was the best? Man, I have a hard. The Eland was really good. The the warthog was good. Everything was good, but the warthog cooked over the open fire was it was it was pretty uh, pretty awesome. Oh, did it taste I- like pork? Oh uh, no, actually it didn't. It, uh, really? It just yeah. Tastes like a take a tastes like a warthog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd have smothered him in cookies, barbecue sauce, everything over there. Zebra, oh, cookies. Are you bar- a cookie? You're a cookies guy. You ain't a sweet baby raised guy. Oh my god, have you seen? Oh, you haven't seen my my recent Facebook profile, but but I put like my blood pressure. Of course, I'm a cookies guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. No, dude, I, I love cookies, barbecue sauce. Like, if I ever had the chance to shoot a silverback gorilla and I got, like, silverback straps, oh, cookies, barbecue sauce all day. <laughs> a silverback gorilla? What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, they need to be hunted to boost up the population. God. 
What is happening? Larry, this is turning around on you really fast. Yeah. It, it is. It is. <laughs> that is hilarious, though. But I'm like a devil spit type of guy, just to let you know. No, no. Well, you have, uh, you have a different kind of barbecue sauce in your uh, fridge right now. But, well, we won't go into that. Anyway. Another podcast. Larry, thank you so much. I appreciate you putting up with us, brother, and, and everything you've done for us. It, uh, we, we appreciate the heck out of you. It means a lot. Hey, no problem. We appreciate you as well, and uh, super have super happy to have uh, the working class bow hunter team, uh, you know, uh, crew on our team as well. So, uh, man, we look forward to what the future is going to bring. And yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll you just give me a shout, and I'll be on. Awesome, man. We appreciate it. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Check out the enlist. Check out Elite Archery and respect the game. Respect the game, the virtue, all the elite family. We love you. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. <laughs>